Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. In Australia, many parents would assume that the products we buy for our children, especially things like cots and strollers, are safe. And on this program, we've often spoken about these different products and often you're told when you talk about them and all the different varieties just to check the Australian safety standards when you're buying something new. And now it appears that those safety standards aren't consistent. Choice Australia have done a report into how different cots and strollers are failing safety tests. Sarah Agar is the Head of Policy and Campaigns at Choice Australia. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hey, good, thanks. Now... Like I said, I've always assumed that um, products for kids, particularly cots and strollers, like the basics that we need, couldn't be sold in Australia without having gone through a national safety standards testing. Is that wrong? Look, that's a really reasonable assumption, um, but it's not true, unfortunately. In Australia, it is not illegal to sell an unsafe product. Uh, There's a small number of high-risk products, generally children's products, that are meant to meet mandatory safety standards. Um, But as choice testing shows, even when a standard exists and applies, it's not always met. And we don't find out that products aren't meeting the standards until a regulator or a body like choice tests them, or in really bad situations when someone is actually injured by a product. So is in that case, is the onus on parents to check the safety standards have been applied. So what I'm thinking is if I go out and I want to buy a cot and I look for a rating, I look for a logo, I look for a sticker, it's got it excellent, that's great. I can be sure that I'm going to buy a safe product. Um, and if I don't choose one with that sticker, then I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm in the wilderness. It could be safe, it could be unsafe. Or does it not matter whether they've got the... It really, it really doesn't matter is what our research is finding. Um, so we tested, for instance, 60 portable cots from 2011 to 2018. We tested them against mandatory standards, which everything is meant to meet, and we tested them against voluntary standards, which is sort of an extra level that businesses can meet. Um, what we found was a massive 73% of those portable cots failed really important safety tests in the mandatory standard. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. It's it's <laughs> enormous. And these are serious tests that we're running. We're checking for things like, um, is the mattress firm enough so that a child won't suffocate? Uh, is the portable cot um, sturdy enough so that it can't collapse and uh, entangle the kid? Um, are there any finger traps or a risk of getting a neck or a head stuck in the bars of a cot? Um, so these aren't simple little you know, minor safety risks, they're really serious. And until we test the product, um, we can't rely on the fact that the company has met the standard. So portable cots, um, I mean, that's frightening because the assumption with a portable cot is that you've travelled. So often families will travel and not have monitors, etc., set up to check on their child and could just assume they're safe in a portable cot. So that is terrifying. Um, But you also checked just your standard cots, the cots that you would have in your bedroom and always have. Um, What were the dangers that you found in the ones that failed the safety checks there? With standard cots, the results were a little bit better. Um, 37% tested from 2012 onwards had major safety failures against the mandatory standard. Obviously, 37% is still way too high, but it is better than the portable cot result. 
the kinds of issues that we're seeing with the standard cots are um, the gaps between the bars around the edge of the cot. I have to stop you there. I cannot believe that that is what the pro- like. That just boggles my mind because I remember even talking to my um, siblings about the cots they're getting for their kids, and they're like, "Oh, well, is this one safe?" And I'm like, "Well, they can't. They can't." But sell they can't sell you a cot that's dangerous for your child because of the width of the bars. Like that's the first thing you would expect to be safe on a cot. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that it's a risk. That's why it's in the mandatory safety standard. Um, it's a known risk factor for kids. Uh, we saw a cot being sold on eBay a couple of years ago, and the bars were so flimsy that a child could pull them apart and get their head stuck in between. Um, huge safety risk. Um, but that's that's a key thing to look for. The other thing with the standard cots is also mattress firmness. Um, cots that are sold with mattresses are meant to be firm enough so that if a baby rolls over, the cot mattress can't cover their face and smother them. Um, but we do find that is a serious issue that comes up much more often than it should. It's just such obvious things that we normally would expect to be okay. Um, You're listening to Kindling Conversation and I'm speaking with Sarah Agar from that she's the head of policy and campaigns at Choice Australia. And we're talking about how um, the basic essentials that most of us would assume are safe in Australia have failed a lot of safety tests. And I was reading about the prams, um, that there was one woman who had bought, I think it was a McLaren stroller and her child had the top of his thumb basically snipped off by the and had been recalled in the US but not here and I was I just again I'm totally baffled because that is one of the best quality strollers you can get and they're very expensive why would it be recalled in the US and not here our product safety system in Australia is really reactive and it's also in a lot of ways fairly voluntary Um, So what would happen in Australia is generally a manufacturer or a supplier gets to choose to run a recall if they feel like they've got enough information or enough complaints to compel them to do that. Um, Obviously, in this case, they decided not to run the recall in Australia, uh, despite the fact that the safety risk in Australia and the United States, it's exactly the same. It's a hinge that can trap a finger. Um, They really should have recalled that product. And so in that case, um, you've obviously tested lots of different products. Did Choice go back to the manufacturers and say, look, we've tested your products, they failed the safety tests, go and change <laughs> what you're doing? Did, did that happen? Look, we want safe products. Um, so whenever we test a product that has a safety failure or we think it's going to be a risk to people, um, we immediately contact the manufacturer and the distributors in Australia if we don't have access to the manufacturer. Um, in our most recent portable cot test, we tested 12 10 of them had major safety failures. We contacted all of those distributors. Only one chose to voluntarily recall their cot. That was Big W. They acted really quickly and we were really pleased to see that. Um, But the other nine disagree with our test results. Um, They've chosen to take no action and it's very disappointing. So... In, in, when that happens, I know that you're calling on the government um, to make changes, but is the other alternative in holding these companies accountable actually naming and shaming brands and saying these are the ones that are failing safety tests, just don't buy them? Because as a parent, if I read that list, I wouldn't buy them. Yeah, absolutely. And we have the full list of the products that have failed available at choice.com.au. Um, one of the issues is the constant release of new models that might have the same name but a different year and perhaps they've been designed slightly differently. Um, So we do find it hard to keep up with the new models that are coming out and determining whether or not they've fixed the problems that we identified earlier. 
Um, we do think a new law that would create an obligation on businesses to make sure their products are safe, um, an overarching obligation that applies to all products, we think that's the way to go. Uh, it's what they have in other countries like Britain and Canada, um, and it's time to introduce that here. And therefore, if their products failed safety tests, like if you were to do this again, and after that law came in, they failed, there would be big penalties for them? That would- uh, absolutely. We need big penalties for this law. It would also just encourage businesses to have a safety first sort of mindset. One of the issues we see with the mandatory standards is because they're so specific and prescriptive, you can kind of, as a business, aim to just barely comply with them. Um, and that leads to situations like the ones we're seeing with the portable cots where Choice says these mattresses aren't firm enough and the business says, well, we think they're firm enough according to the standard. Um, we think if there was an overarching safety obligation, they would have to think about, actually, is this mattress firm enough to not be a safety risk, which the standard doesn't explicitly say. Now, I'm going to throw you just a, a slight curveball before I let you go. So don't wor- if you can't answer it, don't worry. But one thing that um, came up for me when I was reading about this was car seats. I know that's not what you tested, but then I was so surprised that cots and strollers don't have to go, that aren't all you know at this level of safety. I thought, does this apply, this consumer loophole, these legal loopholes, apply to car seats? Um, Well, I'm not sure about the mandatory standards attached to car seats. I would assume they have some because they're a really important safety product. Um, But we haven't tested them, so I don't know if they're complying with that standard. Uh, However, based on our experience testing products, what we know is that until you start testing, you can't tell if something's met the standard. And there's no real obligation for businesses to test their products before they release them. Uh, so we but do this think... this would change it for everything. Absolutely, yes. All right, looks like it's the way to go. He's hoping they listen to you. Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. That's Sarah Agar. She's Head of Policy and Campaigns at Choice Australia. For links to the full report and the list of those products that Sarah just mentioned, head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.